the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. And a good morning to you. Seven minutes at the hour of nine o'clock, and we are underway on this Wednesday edition of The Authority. It's the 19th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Guest-free hour one. Heavy-guested hour two. You're going to want to get in now at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Coming up at the top of hour number two at 1010. This is something that a lot of people have been asking me for. They say, Bob, when are you going to talk to Joe Blystone? Joe Blystone is a conservative candidate for governor to boot Mike DeWine. You've talked to Renacy. Why not talk to Blystone? It's a fair question. Let's talk to Blystone. Joe Blystone will join us at 1010 today to talk about his campaign for governor of the state of Ohio. Very much looking forward to that conversation. So that's at 1010. Then at 1035, you remember the name Jack Phillips, do you not? Can you believe that it has been nine years that he's been fighting to defend himself against attacks, uh, both literal and figurative and judicial? Nine years since Jack Phillips, the owner of the Masterpiece Cake Shop in Colorado, was asked uh, by two men to bake a same-sex wedding cake, something that uh, Mr. Phillips declined to do while offering to uh, make them a lot of other things, offering to serve them in any other capacity, and recommending other bake shops in the uh, uh, Colo- in that particular uh, area of Colorado where they could go to get this kind of service. But they didn't care about that service. They were there to start a war, to start a culture war on behalf of the LGBTQ agenda. And you know how it is. It, Nine years? That was 2012. Hard to believe, isn't it? Well, since that time, 
Jack Phillips has seen his life just turned upside down. His business suffered. Uh, he ended up having to take his case all the way to the Supreme Court to defend his right under religious grounds to not be forced to bake a cake for something he did not believe in or that his faith precluded him from participating in. Jack Phillips is still in court. Even though he won in the Supreme Court, there are more challenges against him, and he continues to have to fight, and is fighting on with uh, the help of um, uh, the Alliance Defending Freedom, which is, of course, an extraordinarily important legal ministry providing uh, pro bono services to people like Jack Phillips, whose rights are being violated. Jack is out with a book chronicling his nine years of suffering, and we're going to talk to him coming up at 1035 about that. So we've got Joe Blystone coming up at 1010, and we have Jack Phillips coming up at 1035. For now, let's start our day with the Pledge of Allegiance, and I would like to make this one a little bit more personal for the kids out there, because I said this and have said this, what many others have said, And a child shall lead them. From time to time, we do need to look to the children to restore our faith and restore our hope for the future. And I've got a story for you that you're going to want to hear. Maybe you've already heard it on TV, but I've got a story for you that I'll share with you after we have a child lead us in our Pledge of Allegiance. Everyone stand up and say with me, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Nice job, everyone. Yes, indeed. Nice job, everyone. And I think you're going to want to be saying that again uh, after you hear what I'm about to play for you. Maybe you heard this for yourself already uh, yesterday on television. It has gone viral. And maybe you've seen it online yourself. It has gone viral. But for those who have not, down in Florida, there is a 10-year-old fourth grader, a 10-year-old boy whose name is John, who showed up at his... um, school board meeting, his county school board meeting, or his district school board meeting, on May 12th, so this is one week ago, making what can only be described as an impassioned plea for his school board to follow the guidance and the directives of the state of Florida government and ditch the mask requirements that have made so many kids suffer. I want you to listen. This is two minutes and 40 seconds of a 10-year-old. You will not believe he's 10 when you hear him speak. He is incredibly well-spoken. Yes, he is reading his speech or his remarks, but I don't care if he's reading or had it memorized. He is incredible. He's 10, and he has more wisdom than anybody on that district's school board and probably any other school board in the state of Florida if not the United States of America, if they are still making children wear masks. Where masks, by the way, are completely and wholly unsupported by the science. Listen to this 10-year-old boy named John at his school board meeting one week ago today. I just turned 10 years old, and I am a fourth grader at Felix A. Williams. I expected school to be a little bit different in the beginning, but... I didn't think it would stay this way all year long, and I was surprised by the rules. A lot of them didn't make any sense to me, like the fact that we were not allowed to play on the playground or have student council, or 
turn to face each other at lunch, and we also have to wear masks outside at PE and on track. I love my school and all, but my teachers seem really stressed, and that makes me feel bad. One teacher walks around with a clipboard full of referrals for any student whose mask isn't on properly. It makes me feel scared. That same teacher yells at us having our masks down to drink water while we are outside in Carline. She told us we had to wait until we were in our parents' car to have a drink of water. She had her mask down the entire time while she was yelling at us, which makes me and all my friends very mad. This happens a lot. And it seems unfair teachers take their masks off while, they're yell, while they yell at us kids and that we need to pull ours up. I asked my mom if there's a word for this, and she said there is. Hypocrisy. Wearing a mask all day makes me feel really tired and gives me really bad headaches. Sometimes I'm at school and I need to lay low in the dark until they're gone. My mask also sticks to my face when it's really hot, and it makes it hard to breathe. I feel like I can't catch my breath, and that makes me feel claustrophobic and anxious. It's really stressful. I finished taking all of my FSAs, and I had a hard time focusing with a mask on. A few weeks ago, I ran into my teacher outside of school. She didn't even recognize me because she's never seen my face before. But I knew it was her because she sits at her desk a lot without a mask on. I know my teacher has asthma and everything, but I understand why it's hard for her to wear a mask. And I think she should have that choice. But I should too. I have allergies and I feel really anxious with my face covered. But I'm not allowed a mask break like her. It seems unfair. All this seems unfair and it doesn't make sense. I miss seeing people's face. I miss the way things used to be. I'm scared they'll never go back to normal. Breathing freely doesn't seem like something we should have to ask any other people for permission for. Please make masks optional today. It would be so awesome to end the school year on a really happy note like that. Thank you for your time. Thank you, John. You did a good job. <laughs> that boy is 10. And that boy helps renew or restore the faith that I think many of us need. Uh, that we can indeed win this thing for now and for the future, but only, of course, if his story continues to be spread and if more children are inspired to speak out and more parents are inspired to talk to their kids about these things. Did I mention that little boy was in Florida? Ron DeSantis lifted all COVID restrictions in the state of Florida over a month ago, maybe two months ago. In fact, they, they, they actually had some of the weakest restrictions or some of the uh, most gentle restrictions really in the country from the very beginning because Ron DeSantis and his team follows the science. They know full well what the CDC has been saying for months even, that the safest place for kids to be if you're worried about COVID is in schools because kids don't get it. Kids don't transmit it to each other. Kids don't transmit it to adults. Kids are the most resilient in the population when it comes to this sort of thing. So Ron DeSantis and the leadership of Florida have already lifted all mask mandates. Yet public schools like this are defying the Florida governor's orders and saying we're keeping the masks in place anyway. And that has touched off a battle. First of all, I want to one other point. I mean, what he said about the hypocrisy, this young man, is exactly correct. 
Teachers are pulling down their masks outdoors in order to yell at their students for pulling down their masks to take drinks in May in Florida. What do you think the temperature is down there? How do you how comfortable do you think the heat and humidity is down in Florida? And they've got these kids outdoors during PE, during recess, during uh, whatever it is that they do outdoors, and they're not allowed to take their masks down to take water. Wait until you get into your parents' car to take your mask down to drink water. This is what they're being told. Meanwhile, the teachers themselves are taking their masks down because you can't hear them yelling through masks which of course makes masking a serious violation of the first amendment freedom of speech you cannot speak and be heard behind those masks at least not very clearly so there there's that element of this that this young boy is begging for ju- just to be treated the same way that the teachers act when they take their masks down she, he said you heard him also say that he saw her, bumped into her outside of school grounds, and he said hi to her because he recognized her because he sees her full face because she sits at her desk and takes her mask off. But when a student tries to take their mask down, she scolds them. So he said, I recognized her. She didn't even recognize me because she said, I've only seen your eyes. I've only seen your eyes. I haven't seen the rest of your face. She didn't recognize her own student. Think about the insanity of that. Think about the danger of that, quite frankly. So that story comes from Florida. And again, this, this, this is in Martin County, Florida, and he went viral. And maybe it has something to do with this story, or maybe not. But now mask mandates in schools are straight in the crosshairs of uh, constitutional rights activists, organizations like mine, Citizens for Free Speech, and so many others. AFT President Randy Weingarten saying just last week that the goal is to get schools fully open by 2021, but the director of the CDC doubling down on the need for student mask wearing and social distancing for the foreseeable future, saying, quote, masks should be worn at all times by all people in school facilities with certain exceptions, such as while eating or drinking. The CDC director also pointing out that until vaccines are available for all kids, nothing changes. Now, I don't know if that strikes you with the same bolt of fear as it does me, but I'm going to I'm going to guess that it probably does. Masks will still be required of all people in schools for the foreseeable future until they can jab every single child in this country. Every kid must take that needle or you're going to hide behind the masks for the rest of your school lives. Based on exactly zero science. Zero science. How do we know that? Because the science has already proven that the chances of a child getting COVID are extraordinarily low, dying of COVID infinitesimally low. They have a better chance of being struck by lightning while being eaten by a tiger in the middle of a boat than they do of dying of COVID. And the chances of them transmitting it to teachers also unbelievably, inexplicably low. The science says this is unnecessary. And now, even the poobah. 
even the grand poobah of epidemiology in America, the highest paid actor in the federal government, Dr. Anthony Fauci, essentially admits it. I'll give you that part of the story. And then we're going to talk about the maskless caucus on the floor of the United States Congress. Republicans standing up and saying no more to Nancy Pelosi's bizarre refusal to honor the CDC guidance that says if you are fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear masks indoors. She's still requiring it in the United States House of Representatives. The maskless caucus is fighting back. I've got that for you coming up as well. Thanks for being with us. Stay here on AM 1420 The Answer. Okay, 927 is so important that you hear the truth about Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci has been screaming mask, double mask, triple mask. Ah, no need for mask, mask, triple. He has gone all over the place, but he has been very, very heavy in the last six to, uh, to, to eight months about mask, 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 mask. No scientific evidence whatsoever to indicate that it actually stops COVID-19. And as a matter of fact, and all of those uh, surgical masks you can buy, <clears throat> look at the box. Look at the printing on the label. You will see that it says, does not prevent viral transmission of coronavirus. It does not work. So there's no science behind it. Now that the CDC is saying you don't have to wear your masks if you are vaccinated, now Anthony Fauci is being called to task, taken to task, and now he is finally admitting that, yeah, it really wasn't about science as much as it was theater. It was political I'm obviously careful because, I mean, I'm a physician and a health care provider. I am now much more comfortable in, in people seeing me indoors without a mask. I mean, before the CDC made the recommendation change, I didn't want to look like I was giving mixed signals. But being a fully vaccinated person, the chances of my getting infected in an indoor setting is extremely low. And that's the reason why in indoor settings now, I feel comfortable about not wearing a mask. It's theater. This man said to you as recently as two weeks ago that even if you're fully vaccinated, you must wear a mask indoors because you can still get it and carry it and not know it and thus spread it. The science didn't change from two weeks ago. The politics did. Because the CDC, acting on orders of the Biden administration, said, we've got to do something to make people happy because they're getting furious with the way things are being run in this country. This was a theater decision, not a scientific decision. And if you listen to him and what he said, it's true. He said that he was just not comfortable being seen that way because they didn't want to send mixed signals. In other words, he knew this wasn't about science. This was about optics. This was about appearance. And you know who knew it all along? The man who challenged him every time before Dr. Fauci testified before his Senate committee, Senator Rand Paul, knew it. My question to him would be, did you just discover vaccine immunology? Did you not believe in vaccine immunology a couple of weeks ago when I asked you this? Or were you doing it for show? And it sounds like you heard him say he didn't want people to see him without a mask. The thing is, the science hasn't changed. We've known that when you're vaccinated, we've known this for quite a while, that you're not transmitting it and not getting it. We've known that for months now. But also vaccine immunology 
biology, if you believe in it, if you believe in the vaccine, that's what happens. You don't have to wear a mask afterwards. But realize they're still pushing this on our kids now because they're saying you have to have been vaccinated. But kids who have not been vaccinated should be allowed to run track outside without a freaking mask. Mm. They fired some coach in New Hampshire recently because he wasn't making the kids wear a mask while running outside. They're going to make these kids do it for another year. So I'm glad some governors are pushing back. Kids do not need to spend another year in school wearing masks. It, there's no science to back it up. And I agree with Senator Rand Paul, Paul wholeheartedly about governors. Because governors who understand science, governors who actually care about the truth, have made the decisions to not allow schools to mandate masks, that if the state has lifted mask mandates, which they have in Florida and in Texas and many other states, almost all of them red states, if the state has lifted the mask mandate order, then individual school districts cannot supersede that judgment with their own. They cannot substitute with their judgment the judgment of the state. Texas is the latest. They have banned mask mandates for local governments and for all public schools. Kids in Texas can now breathe freely, as the young man from Florida uh, stated in that speech that I played for you this morning. They can breathe freely. At what point is our governor going to make that call? 931, back after the news. Bob France, here on AM 1420. The answer. All right, no, all right, nine thirty-seven. Now we continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Don't forget, coming up at the top of the hour, uh, we're going to talk to Joe Blystone. Joe Blystone is a candidate for governor of the great state of Ohio. I've had a lot of people saying, "Bob, when are you going to talk to Joe Blystone?" Well, the answer is today, because he said you talk to Jim Renacci all the time, and he rips on Dewine. You rip on Dewine. Well, there's somebody else who wants to have a, t- a chance to rip on Dewine and talk about why he should be gone. And that's Joe Blystone. So I will indeed talk to uh, Joe at 1010. Then at 1035 today, Jack Phillips, uh, the uh, owner of uh, Masterpiece Cake Shops in Colorado, uh, the man behind or at the center of the, I think he may have, you know, maybe, just maybe you could call Jack Phillips the OG, the OG victim of cancel culture. He may be the original victim of cancel culture. They tried to cancel him back in 2012 for not making a same-sex wedding cake. You know his story by now. It's been nine years, and he's still fighting in the courts to defend himself and his business. And uh, now he's written a book about his experiences. We're going to talk to Jack Phillips at 1035. All right, I told you about the maskless caucus. There is a massive mask revolt, if you will, that is going on in the House. Now, you know the CDC reversed their guidance. We're not reversed. They uh, adjusted their guidance with respect to masks. Before, they were saying, if you are vaccinated, you still have to wear your mask if you are indoors or if you're in outdoor uh, areas that are somewhat crowded. So if you're in a crowd or you're indoors, you still have to wear a mask because vaccine or no vaccine, you can still get it, carry it, and not know it. Or you may have just very slight symptoms. Uh, that's the, 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 you know, the positive part of the vaccine. It'll, it'll lessen the symptoms that you get, but you can still infect somebody else. So you still have to wear a mask. Then in a blink of an eye, virtually, CDC said, Oh, you know what? We decided you can't actually spread it and you can't actually, uh, become infected if you have the vaccine. So you're good. If you don't have, uh, uh excuse me, if you have, uh, the fully vaccination, the two vaccine shots from the, the two, uh, drug makers, uh, Moderna or Pfizer or the single shot from Johnson and Johnson, then you're good. You don't have to wear masks. 
Nancy Pelosi extended two middle fingers to the CDC and essentially said, I'm not listening to you. In the, on the floor of the United States House of Representatives, you are still wearing masks. I don't care if every single one of us in this house is immunized or is vaccinated. You're wearing masks. Now, to say that that went over like a lead balloon among Republicans is an understatement. Now they're fighting back. At least eight House Republicans went against House rules that require these masks on the floor last night in defiance of Nancy Pelosi and her refusal to lift that mandate. At one point, Texas Representatives Louie Gohmert and Beth Van Dyne, Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, Florida Representative Brian Mask, Virginia Representative Bob Good, Kentucky Representative Thomas Massey, Illinois Representative Mary Miller, and South Carolina Representative Ralph Norman gathered near the well of the, of the House, chatting maskless in between votes. North Carolina Representative Madison Cawthorn, also part of that conversation, eventually joined them in taking off his mask. Uh, this is a set, uh, this is a set of our national government. What we do has implications that go beyond here, Mask told the Washington Examiner. It leads to what you see going on in companies, national companies, things like that, thinking they can force their employees to vaccinate if they don't want to or share their medical information if they don't want to. When they have the person third in line for the presidency, Nancy Pelosi, thinking that they can fine us for not wearing masks when we've been vaccinated. What we do here has ripples. Texas Representative Chip Roy, along with Florida's uh, uh, Greg Stube and Iowa Representative Marianne Miller-Meeks, also spotted without masks on the floor. By going maskless on the floor, the members risk incurring a fine taken out of their congressional salaries. The House adopted a rule in January to fine members $500 for a first offense and $2,500 for a second offense. However, it should be pointed out that those that rule was was implemented in January before the CDC lifted the mask mandate themselves, and said if you are vaccinated, you don't have to wear it indoors. So Nancy Pelosi's rule here should be null and void. And Republicans are fighting back. I'm looking at a picture of a bunch of Republicans standing on the floor posing for a selfie, mask-free. And Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, uh, posted it. Hashtag free your face. Masks are oppressive and nothing but, but a political tool. End the oppression. So I just, I can't support this strongly enough i wish i could say more i wish i could do more some people who are doing more as i noted before the break are governors who get the science and governors who understand uh what this is doing to children republican governor greg abbott of texas is the latest he issued yeah and i'm going to tie this to ohio in a second republican governor greg abbott issued an executive order yesterday that bans local governments and schools from requiring face masks. The executive order stated that, quote, no government entity, including a county, city, school district, or public health authority, and no government official may require any person to wear a face covering or to mandate that another person wear a face covering, provided, however, that a state-supported living center, I'm sorry, that a... State-supported living centers, government-owned hospitals, and government-operated hospitals may continue to use appropriate policies regarding the wearing of face coverings, and B, the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, Texas Juvenile Justice Department, and any county and municipal jails acting consistent with guidance by the Texas Commission on Jail Standards may continue to use appropriate policies regarding the wearing of masking. So there you go. 
This essentially says, outside of prisons and um, uh, nursing facilities where vulnerable people are, no government agency at the local level and no school district can require masks, which would be in violation of the executive order given by the state. The order goes on to state that public schools may continue to do this until June 4th, at which point the Texas Education Agency will change its guidance so that, quote, no student, teacher, parent, or other staff member or visitor may be required to wear a face covering. Now, I'm going to bring that home now. This is what Greg Abbott does. This is what what happens when you have a smart, courageous, and science-believing governor in charge of your state. Here in the state of Ohio, we have none of the above. We don't have a governor that's smart. We don't have a governor that's courageous. And we don't have a governor that believes in science. Instead, we have Mike DeWine. Mike DeWine has declared that there will be no mass, or excuse me, no vaccine passports required in the state of Ohio. Yet, he is allowing local governments despite being in charge of the state government, that, by the way, doles out money to local governments, Mike DeWine is allowing various county governments and county agencies to defy that science and defy that order. Because they are being told that you actually have to either show proof of a vaccine in the form of a vax card, or, or identification paper, or whatever, or you have to continue to wear masks. What Greg Abbott just did is what Mike DeWine must do. Tell your local government agencies and tell every school district in the state of Ohio you may not mandate masks, particularly among the vaccinated. <clears throat> and you may not ask people whether or not they are vaccinated. You may not require them to provide proof which is a violation of medical privacy laws. Just like I can't ask somebody for, you know, if I'm a business owner and somebody applies for a job, and I I can't say, okay, but you have to show me the results of your last physical. I want to know what your blood pressure is. I want to to know what your your, um, cholesterol level is. I want to see the results of your blood work. I want to know uh, whether or not you've had a hep B uh, vaccine. I want to know whether you've had this, 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 and this. Show me your medical records. Can't do it. It's not allowed. It's a violation of medical privacy. But what they want to do now in the state of Ohio is require, at local government levels, require people to show their papers. When is Mike DeWine going to stand up and act like a Republican governor? Is he ever going to? I think the answer is no. The only time he has done anything even remotely um, correct when it comes to your rights as a citizen of Ohio is when the General Assembly finally got Senate Bill 22 passed and then overrode DeWine's veto because that allowed them to end all of these restrictions, including mask mandates, as of June 23rd, which is when 90 days will have passed from the passage of that override vote. Only then did Mike DeWine say, well, it looks like I can't stop them from voting to over or to, uh, to, uh, uh, repeal the mask orders and the other restrictions. So I'll do it. And then, of course, he made the announcement that as of June 2nd, 
now you don't have to wear them and you don't have to uh, uh, distance and you don't have to limit your occupancy and so on and so forth. That's led to, for example, you may have seen the Indians announcing yesterday they'll return to full capacity on June 2nd. Not that you, there's any danger of 35,000 people going to an Indians game right about now, but you understand the point. This is because the, the General Assembly forced Mike DeWine's hand. How do we force his hand now on passing or issuing an order that says uh, schools, school districts, and local governments may not require masking, nor may they require proof of vaccination? That's what they did in Texas. That's what they've done in Florida. They've done similar things in South Dakota. In other Republican red states, they recognize the rights of the people, trump the fear of other people. The rights of all people trump the fear of the sheeple. And that's a, that's the reality of the situation. So that's where we are. Uh, I would love to hear from you. 216-901-0945, Don't forget, I've got Joe Blystone speaking of Mike DeWine. I bet he'll have something to say about Mike DeWine when I have Joe Blystone on. He's a candidate for governor. That'll be coming up at 1010. And again, Jack Phillips at 1035. So between now and then, let me hear from you. 216-901-0945, right here on The Authority. All right, my friends, if you have not been paying attention, the real estate market has exploded. Just look up and down your street or anywhere in your community. When you see a yard sign saying house for sale and then pretty soon you see sold on it two days later, that lets you know what's happening. People are getting four, five, six offers the first day or two after listing, much less after an open house. So if you've been thinking, you know what, this market makes it the time. This is the right time to sell the home, to sell your home. Well, then this is the right time to call Parado Ross. The Parado Ross real estate team with Howard Hanna will help you move your home fast for the highest possible list price. Call 440-516-4444. With nearly 40 years of experience, the team at Parado Ross, Mike and Paul and Dominic, they will use their proven marketing strategies to sell your home quickly for the best possible price. They are experts, and they don't want to just help you buy or sell a home once. They want to be your partner in real estate going forward. If you are interested in selling your home now or you want to buy one for the best possible price, then you want to call 440-516-4444. Talk to Mike, talk to Paul, talk to Dominic. Any of them will help you. Log on for more information at ParadoRoss.com. That's ParadoRoss.com. Experience the difference. Move your home fast. Make big bucks. The Parado Ross real estate team can make that happen for you. Okay, it's 9.54. I've got one more bite here for you to take as it pertains to um, the masking issue, the CDC guidance, Governor Greg Abbott down in Texas, and, and all the, the 10-year-old boy in Florida, and all of the uh, Dr. Fauci theater, you know, admitting it's theater. It's I didn't want to appear uh, to be a certain way. He wasn't go, He wasn't making his decisions on masking based on science. It was about optics and appearances. Here's another one. And this is kind of large, and I think it escaped a lot of people. It was five months ago. It was January. And nobody publicized this. The National Institute of Health, which is not some fly-by-night made-up organization, and it's not a conservative think tank. The NIH is the primary agency of the government 
It's under the uh, Health and Human Services uh, Department. It's the primary agency of the government responsible for biomedical and public health research. This is the NIH. Every bit, if not more than, credible than, the CDC. And the National Institute of Health has reported that lasting immunity, at least as long as any vaccine, can be found in coronavirus antibodies. You understand that? If you have already had COVID-19 and recovered, you essentially have already been vaccinated. You've recovered, and your body has created antibodies that are able to fight off, ward off, any new potential COVID infection that may come into your body. At least as well as, if not better than, the actual um, coronavirus vaccine that the government is trying to bribe you to take. Bribing you with a million-dollar lottery in the state of Ohio. Bribing you with all kinds of goods and giveaways. You already have it. Nobody's talking about this. But back in January, the National Institute of Health made it very clear. If you have uh, had the coronavirus, your antibodies are just the same as getting a vaccine, if not uh, a little bit better. The NIH, National Institute of Health, says the immune systems of more than 95% of people who recovered from COVID-19 had durable memories of the virus up to eight months after infection. The results provide hope that people receiving the SARS-CoV-2 vaccines will develop similar lasting immune memories after vaccination. In other words, they hope, hope, that the artificial vaccines can work as well as the actual natural antibodies. After people recover from infection with a virus, the immune system retains a memory of it. Immune cells and proteins that circulate in the body can recognize and kill the pathogen if it's encountered again, protecting against disease and reducing illness severity. This long-term immune protection involves several components, antibodies, which are proteins that circulate in the blood, recognize foreign substances like viruses and neutralize them. Different types of T cells help recognize and kill pathogens. B cells make new antibodies when the body needs them. All of these immune systems, uh, immune system components have been found in people who have recovered from COVID-19, the virus that causes or this, I'm sorry, COVID-2, SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. But the details of this immune system and how long it lasts after infection have been unclear. Scattered reports of reinfection with SARS-CoV-2 have raised concerns that the response to the virus might not be durable, but it has been proven in 95% to be durable for at least eight months, which, by the way, is roughly two months longer than they are saying that the COVID-19 vaccine that they are pushing on children and everybody of every age to take that that has been proven, or at least theorized, to keep you immune. They have been talking about the uh, vaccine needing a booster after six months. That's why they're telling you don't lamb. Think about this, my friends. They're telling you not to laminate your your vaccine card. If you get a COVID-19 vaccine and they give you the card, they're telling you not to laminate it because people are laminating and thinking, well, I want to make sure it stays in good condition for when I have to show me your papers. 
I want to make sure that it's in good condition when I show it to get into the concert, show it to get into the, uh, to the baseball stadium, to the arena, to the restaurant, to the grocery store. When they try to mandate you showing your papers, they want them vaccinated, or I mean, uh, laminated so that they can show that they're, or so that they can be protected. And they're telling you not to have them laminated because they're not done jabbing you. Your Pfizer or Moderna or Johnson & Johnson vaccine is going to require a booster in six months. Your antibodies, let me put it to you this way. No doctor, no researcher, in any, no chemist, no scientist, in any lab in this world can produce a better vaccine for you than God. God gave you the vaccine. God gave you the antibodies. Your body will create an immune vaccine for you better than any scientist ever could in any lab. And the NIH has said as much, and nobody's talking about them. That's why all you'll hear about is Dr. Fauci or the CDC. What about the NIH? What about the National Institute of Health? What about the NIH, which is the primary agency responsible for biomedical and public health research in the United States government? Nobody talks about them. And there's a reason why. Because it's not about immunity, and it's not about your health. It's about controlling the population. If you haven't figured that out yet, you're not paying attention. 10 o'clock, time for news on the other side. Joe Blystone, candidate for governor of the state of Ohio, will join us on AM 1420.